Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's part duh with the part dudes. Part dudes. yo, part dudes with the part dudes. Part, part dudes. <laughs> with the part cheesy. Uh, part cheesy. So before we get started today, I want to give a shout out to Party Belts, a sponsor that um, it's been a longtime sponsor of the show. You can see their ads on our website. You can see their ads on our app as well. But we're going to mention it here, too, because it's time for championships. And if you want a championship, uh, you know, a memorabilia of your championship without having a gaudy trophy that you're going to throw out in two years anyway, and without spending $300 on a WWF replica belt, you can get a really nice, customizable good size one size fits all belt that looks dope as hell and you can get it for an affordable price and if you put in the promo code brodo you get 15 percent off which is basically uh free shipping so with that being said partybelts.com is where to find that we are giving party belts to every single one of the winners of the brodo leagues i'm hoping to take home a party belt of my own this year because those things are dope man and we put our logo on it and it's cool so check that out and the way you're going to win, ready? i got three promos in a row right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk for a long time. Everyone get ready. The way you're going to get ready to win is with the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Fantasy player cards, usage charts, start set tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat you need, including the exclusive stats and the predictable, predictive stats. True throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average. The reason why this free app is able to be free is because of our patrons over at patreon.com who support us in every single way. We just hit a huge milestone of downloads for the podcast. I mean, not the podcast, the um, the, the app. And we are really, really, really excited about it. And the way that we keep it going is through the, um, the kind cash uh, of the patrons. For as little as $3 a month, you can get so many things. Uh, included in any of these tiers of memberships, access to the Discord, DFS lineups that have been killing and hitting, the waiver wire pod, which is going to turn into an extra podcast during the offseason. The, what else we got, Jason? What else we got? We got, what else we, we got so many things. The the betting optimizer. You can play in leagues with us. If you're in, if you join early, you're more likely to get the spot. If there's not enough patrons to fill a league, you can play in two leagues. We had some patrons that played in two leagues and it's all about where they are in the certain tiers. So check us out. And I I, I want to say donate, but it's not donate. It's and, and contribute. There you go. Contribute. It's a much better Support. word. And contribute to the cause. With that being said, whew, the reason why you're listening to us is because we help you win in fantasy. And one of the games that's going to be one of the keys to this fantasy thing is the Ravens at the Bengals. Both teams are in the hunt. Both teams not only playing for a wild card spot, but playing for that division. That division is so tight. The Steelers are there. The Browns are there. The Ravens are there. The Bengals are there. And it is a dogfight until the end. And with that's why division games are so important right now. The Ravens at the Bengals. Right now, there's question marks on the Ravens side. So let's stop. Let's not do the Ravens side yet. And let's go over to the Bengals. The Ravens had have been in particularly uh, susceptible to the long ball since their cornerback started dropping like flies. The Bengals just happen to be one of the best teams in the NFL at the long ball. You got T Higgins on the outside. You got Jamar Chase on the outside. You got Joe Burrow who can hit him. Jason, who's your favorite play? And are you starting Joe Burrow in this game? The last time Joe Burrow played, played the Ravens, he was one of your favorite matchups. And this time they're at home. Yeah. Um, things are changing with Joe Burrow since then. He hasn't had a game like that since the Bengals have been running the ball more and Joe Burrow just hasn't had as many yards as you'd like. I always like quarterbacks with high yardage totals because it's always a nice safety blanket for if they don't score touchdowns. But with that said, I do have Burrow as a back-end QB1 this week. It's a great matchup. He sees Baltimore twice a year. He already let them up one time this year, and that was on the road. So you hope he can do the same at home. The Baltimore defense isn't super difficult to beat through the air this year. But also, I think... What's important to know is who's quarterbacking for this team. Um, because Lamar Jackson's still for the other team. Because Lamar Jackson's still in practice. But Tyler Huntley looked pretty good. He actually had two touchdowns passing and rushing. Lamar Jackson has never done that. 
So my only concern with the Bengals is can, will they go out to a big lead and run the ball the rest of the day? I don't see that happening in a division battle against the Ravens, no matter who the quarterback is. So for that reason, I do think Burrow has back in QB1 appeal. And for that reason, I I know that t- Tyler Boyd popped off last week, but I'm not starting Boyd. I'm trusting Jason Higgins, the guys who actually see the valuable targets, the guys who are top 20 in true throw value, true target value, and the guys who don't just pop off once in a blue moon. Uh. Speaking of guys who pop off once once in a blue moon, Joe Mixon. Boom, boom, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, look, Joe Mixon, there's no way around it. Despite what his fathers are putting out there in the media, despite what um, his quasi-dads want you to believe about their son, he's been bad in the last few weeks, particularly the last three weeks in general. There's He has not scored double-digit points in the last three weeks after completely buoying your team with touchdowns for a long time. And he's not he's not doing it right now. And the Ravens are still a phenomenal run defense. So, I mean, you're you're trapped in the Joe Mixon trap right now. Uh, yeah. And the Ravens, like all their secondary is out, but they're still one of the best. Like they're 30th overall in defensive, excuse me, 31st overall in defensive points over average to opposing running backs, which is not ideal. Which is for the Mixon. second the second worst matchup, 31st uh, overall, meaning like 31st. Best matchup. Remember last time they played each other, Jamar Chase put up 200 yards, and now all their secondary is out. I have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins both as top 15 options. And Joe Mixon, like he's a volume-based play. You better hope he finds the end zone again. Otherwise, you'll likely be uh, disappointed once more. Disappointed. Disappointed. Um, yeah, I, the Ravens are a bad matchup for him. There's there's no if ends, or buts about that. Let's go over to the other side. The Ravens, oh, man, just when it was seeming like, hey, you know, Devontae Freeman, he's been pretty good. Here comes Latavius Murray again. Uh, It seems like another mess in his backfield. If I didn't want any of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, I don't know why I'd want any Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman. The problem is that people have they put Devontae Freeman in their flex and they forgot about it. And now they're like, oh, man, it was one bad week. Would you go back to the well, or are you panicking and, and, and dipping? Nah, get me get me out of this backfield. Screw that. Yeah, you're gonna start a guy who's might get outplayed again by Latavius Murray. No, thank you. Screw the universe. Go go look somewhere <laughs> else. Screw the universe. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't know what his practice report says today. Again, we're we're recording this a little earlier than we usually do, so practice report not out yet. If Tyler Huntley plays. I mean, you're playing Mark Andrews either way, but it's a big boost to Mark Andrews' stock because he loves throwing to Mark Andrews. And him himself becomes a viable option to play. There, He's done nothing but produce fantasy points every time he's been in the lineup, this dude. So I don't see why, why you can't start him over some really, like if you're in a super flex league, like I am, like I'm, I have a choice. I mentioned in the last episode, Tyler Huntley or Van Jefferson or Tyler Huntley or Javante Williams. I think I, could, I think I'm going to go with Tyler Huntley over both those guys. How do you feel about playing uh, Mark Andrews and 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 what do you look at this this How do you look at this situation if Tyler Huntley is a starter? No, I agree that Huntley is a good play in super flex leagues. Um, he even has some QB one appeal in normal leagues, but I don't think I'm that ballsy to do that. Because um, even against Cleveland, he threw the ball 38 times. He had 45 rushing yards. But he ended as QB nineteen against Chicago when he played. He ended as QB eighteen, so he did score four touchdowns last week and feel good and all that stuff. You probably don't want to trust him with your season on the line, but what you do know is that Mark Andrews and him eat breakfast together, um, like Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. Because is that a today, really? No. Oh, oh. oh. no. can't can just can't just throw off fake news. Mad annoying. I said a few weeks back that Mark Andrews is the new number one on the Ravens, and that's why Hollywood Brown's been more disappointing. He now has a longer adjusted air yards and adjusted A dot than Hollywood Brown, which is something. Whoa, never time seen. out. It's that's been like that for a, really, a bit now. That's a telling stat right there. That's a telling, telling stat. Yeah, Mark Andrews is the number one receiver on the Ravens, and he's a he's a great play this week, but for that reason. You're not starting Rashad Bateman. You're not starting Sammy Watkins. And then Hollywood Brown's the only receiver you're trusting. The good thing is he saw 14 targets last week. The bad thing is he only went for 10 and 43, which is like, aish. 
So Marquise Brown is a wide receiver, two, three option, and I'm not trusting anyone else. Yep. Jason, your yawn has made it to the other side, but I fought it. But yawn. now I'm, I'm tearing. Um, let's, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. Chargers at the Texans is next. Oh, man, this one hurts more than getting kicked in the nuts while getting punched in the face while getting stabbed in the urethra. Tim, Tim um, come on. Austin Eckler's on the COVID list against the Chargers, man. Oh, hey, oh Chargers. my God. That is Yo, a that is a shot I mean, in the urethra against the Texans. That's a stab right in the urethra, man. That's that's look. Luckily, well, me and Michael played each other in two playoff matchups last week, and both of our teams that were the worst team, like I was a favorite in one matchup, Michael was a favorite. We both won the underdog matchups. the The one I had the that was the better team had Austin Eckler on it. If I had beaten you last week and I found out that Austin Eckler was missing a game against the against Houston to go to the championship. I would jump off the fucking bridge. This is this is terrible. This is terrible for all the Texans because you, the the worst part about the Chargers is when Austin Eckler's out, they've shown that they're going to split the carries up. It's going to be jo- it's going to be Jackson. It's going to be Kelly. Not last week, last week was clearly Justin Jackson. <sighs> Fine, fine, Eckler but it's also it, played. Yes, exactly. So like they they still you know I, I find it was but I do you really trust Justin Jackson to touch the ball twenty times in a game? I'm firing the fuck up out of Justin Jackson. Yeah, really? Okay. Texans. All right. About to knock you out again, Tim. Two times maybe you want to knock you out for dumbass shit you said. Justin Jackson (laughs) is a start. I don't know, man. The thing is, look, we've said it before. Let's not get political, but the NFL decided they're going to make it easier for people with COVID to return um, when COVID got worse. So do it that way, you will. But that means that Austin Eckler can return this week. It's a good thing these days if you test positive on a Monday. Because you can return before Sunday. And he does play on Sunday, not Thursday. So, I think there's still a chance Eckler returns. I'm starting him if he returns. If not, I'm starting Justin Jackson. All right. So, our boy Nick Patino, who's a patron. And he's in the patron leagues. He, he texted me today. And he has this dilemma on him. So what would you do? He has for three spots, no, four spots, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Justin Jackson. Can you right now? How many spots? Four spots. So you got to sit two of those guys out I'm of Sanders, Sanders, Jones. Huh? I'm, I'm sitting Sanders. Sanders. The guy can't find the end zone. You're sitting Sanders and you'd play Justin Jackson over Sanders. What about Javante? Who are the other ones? Javante, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Justin Jackson. He also has Austin Eckler, but he's obviously on the I IR. Sit. All right, all right. Sony? He has to not only that, he has to drop one of these guys for a kicker. He's dominating his league this year. Brodo boys. Yeah, well, anyway. I mean, at some point we'll we're still a few days away from Sunday. Maybe uh, other extraneous things will uh, hope make his decision easier. Time I told him, whatever he does, don't drop any of those guys until Saturday because the last thing you want is for someone to pick them up and play them. And like, it, If they're going to do well and they're not going to be on your team, at least let them do well in the waiver wire. Um, let's go to the other side. Yo, Davis Mills looks like a pretty competent quarterback, but that was with the help of Brandon Cooks, who's also on the COVID list. So yes. now you have... A bunch of dudes like you. The Chargers are a run funnel defense, but who are you trusting in that backfield? No one. You're not trusting anyone. I'm on the side of I'm not playing any Texans. Yeah, especially um, yeah. look. I'm playing Brandon Cooks if he returns. Yes, yes. Sorry, if Brandon Cooks isn't in, I'm not playing any Texans. But even then, it's a very difficult matchup against the Chargers. So I'm not even happy about it. I'm playing him as a risky wide receiver three, but. We've mentioned several times the wide receiver landscape and the uh, the way this the league has been this year, just really ugly passing games, it seems, almost every single week. It's hard not to trust Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver three because of the upside he brings, like last week we all saw. Um, and he has several weeks this year, over 15 fantasy points. But otherwise, if he's out, like I'm not trusting anyone. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play, the Chargers defense might be the number one defense because then they have, like, nobody to even be slightly scared of 
Now the Chargers don't get turnovers. I don't like their defense. Uh, gotta love Justin Herbert. He's he's thrown. He hasn't. He doesn't even run. He's thrown his way into a top five quarterback, top three quarterback, I think, right now. So kudos to him. He's absolutely lighting the world on fire. The Texans allow plenty of points to the quarterback. They're the ninth best matchup for quarterbacks, sixth best matchup for running backs, fourth best matchup for tight ends, which in my opinion, because there's not really a tight end that that really draws all the targets for, although Parham, Parham being out makes Jared Cook a little bit better, but I think this is more of a Keenan Allen type stat, this this tight end thing, because he's the guy who gets the underneath stuff. So I think Keenan Allen's in for a big day. And then the wide receivers, they're the 14th best matchup. So good matchups across the board for the Texans. The real question, you're, you're playing Keenan Allen, you're playing Justin Herbert. The real question is Mike Williams. This guy continues to be an up and down roller coaster where if he doesn't catch a long bomb, you're disappointed. It's not like a few years ago where it was long bomb or nothing. It's long bomber eight points, which is basically nothing if, if you're trying to win a championship. So can you play Mike Williams? So here's a here's a question because you guys were down on DK Metcalf. Mike Williams or DK Metcalf? Hmm. Similar profiles and like similar profiles in, in terms Williams. of yeah. really you're I gonna go Mike Williams, Williams over him. Both of you guys. Yeah. Man, that's wild. This is all obviously assuming Tyler Lockett returns from the COVID list. Which I think I would like to know that Jared Cook is actually one of my favorite streaming tight ends this week. Darnold Parham out. Um, best of luck to him in his recovery process. I think there's been good news since the tough injury. Um, Jared Cook saw seven targets last week, and he's been sharing time with Parham these last few weeks as the only tight end now for the Chargers who can catch a ball against Houston where all you need is a touchdown to be a tight end one these days. I'm firing up Jared Cook if if my options are the waiver wire. If it's between him and Conklin and Everett and Fant, Higby, like, I'm, I'm taking Jared Cook. Cole Komet or Jared Cook? I have them back-to-back at 12 and 13. I think they're both good plays this week. Gross. For Komet. Fucking gross. Gross, man. It's gross. All right, let's go over to our next game. The can Bucks I, at the Panthers. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I go wanna, ahead. I want to turn me off again. To the next game. Bucks at Panthers because we're in a similar, uh, similar topic. Am I crazy? I have him at ten and eighteen right now, and I'm very tempted to put him higher. Yeesh. One of my, my dart throw tight end. Maybe not my streaming tight end. Maybe like a Tommy, Tommy DFS tight end. Cameron Brait. Hmm. Okay, I like it. I like it. Like it's not the worst. He's seen at least four targets. In more than half his games since week six. And now with every single person out, if you look at the red zone targets this year, you will surprisingly see Tyler Higby and Cameron Braid at the top of that list. Cameron Braid has been a red zone machine for Tom Brady, even though it doesn't always work out the way it does, because, you know, he's not the best tight end in the league. He only has two touchdowns despite all those targets. But I think there's something here because Gronk, if you look at what he did last week, this guy saw fucking 11 targets. I, did I think they're going to do nuts. a decent amount. I have a decent amount of two tight end sets with Mike Evans probably out. Chris Godwin definitely out the year. I like Tyler Johnson as a dart throw play this week. But I think Cameron Braid has some appeal in DFS. I'm a little scared games. that people are hyping up Tyler Johnson a little too much. Because like you said, it could be spread out. More so. Scotty Miller is back. Mike Evans Here's also, hasn't been officially ruled out yet. Th- the reason I like Tyler Johnson and even Cameron Bright is because Chris Godwin was ninth in true target value, but second, this is why his true target value is so high, second in the league in red zone targets behind Cooper Cup. As I just mentioned, Cameron Bright has been seeing a shitload of red zone targets as well. So we need to realize that this entire Bucks offense is different considering Chris Godwin had the second most red zone targets in the entire league and is now out the year. There are a lot more red zone targets to go around. Tyler Johnson has been the clear person to step up whenever they need a receiver to step up. So I think Tyler Johnson and Brait both have appeal this week. But Tyler Johnson more than Brait. Tyler Johnson, I think, is a fair wide receiver three play. You haven't mentioned to Antonio Brown yet. Antonio Brown is yeah. supposed to play in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's because Antonio Brown is the de facto wide receiver one. For sure. If you have Antonio Brown, you have to start him. Yes. 
We have and a I, patron with a stacked squad, like stacked. His worst starting player is T. Higgins. And he asked me if he should drop a handcuff for Antonio Brown last week. And I thought the handcuff was more valuable. I was like, I, I'd hold on to the handcuff. Like, no, you're never going to start Antonio Brown within your lineup. And then the entire Bucks offense goes and gets injured. <laughs> <laughs> and I, all I just thought about that, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I... <laughs> What, what am I supposed to do? See the future? <laughs> Fantasy so, football is a fickle mistress. I think Antonio Brown's um, a good play. I think Antonio Brown's a good play too because I think Tom yeah. Brady's a great play in this game. And speaking of uh, easily starting, speaking Antonio of the Brodo, Brown. the Brodo peeps, uh, Matt Ward, our head writer at Psych Ward FF on Twitter, if you want to follow him, he published a thread. It was a short thread. Tom Brady has been shut out three times in his career. In his career. And this is what happened. The first occasion occurred on opening day, September 7th, 2003, against the Buffalo Bills. Brady and the Patriots would lose that contest 31 to 10. Wait a minute. 31 to 0, not 31 to 10. That's obviously, this, these are shutouts. The following week, the Patriots absolutely stomped down the Eagles 31 to 10, and Brady threw three touchdown passes. The second game in which Brady and company would go scoreless came three years later against the Dolphins in 2006. When the Patriots lost the next game proceeding, Brady completed 16 of 23 passes for two touchdowns and and was a complete destruction of the at the time Texans 40 to seven. And Brady won the Super Bowl in both of those weeks. Now he's coming off a shutout for the third time in his career, an offensive shutout for the third time in his career. I think Tom Brady's going to go crazy against a Panthers team that is absolutely reeling. Uh, this team cannot find a break. And now they're like, oh, Cam's going to start, but Sam Darnold's going to come in and get some work. And Amir Abdullah is getting all the pass-catching work. And Chuba Hubbard is a pray-for-a-touchdown running back. And the outside options have been completely dismantled. And they're playing a Bucks team that is looking for revenge. I'm Whatever the spread is, give me the Bucks. I'm, I, I, it's, I think it's going to be a, a bloodbath for the Panthers. What do you guys think? The uh, Panthers, the fact that Matt Rule said, look, Cam's going to start, but Sam Darnold will mix in too. Like, Matt Rule has to be – like, Matt Rule is like a case study for those who act like they know everything on Twitter. Like, the Jets didn't get Matt Rule because they're a joke. And now everyone's like, Matt Rule's not being fired. He said he wants to run more, and he's trying to do a quarterback by committee. Oh, how the times have changed. But obviously, yes, the Carolina Panthers offense is disgusting. DJ Moore hasn't practiced. Like, who are you supposed to trust in this offense? If DJ Moore plays, I'm trusting him. I know you guys aren't as high on him as me, but... Like, no, he even, could see like 10-plus targets. Even with as bad as Cam and Darnold have been, if you look at true throw values, they're 39th and 40th, the two of them. They've been equally disgusting. Just straight up to do's. It's a do-do party. It's a do-do-do. Both of them, back-to-back. Back. We're about to turn it into a song. The fucking Panthers. The do-do-do-do's. Uh, Panthers suck. Do-do-do-do-do. Panthers so, suck. They're do-do-do-do. Panthers suck. This is the difference between DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, too. Even with how bad they've been. DJ Moore is third in the league in adjusted air yards. Hot damn. Robbie Anderson's 34th. Even though they're... Like... DJ Moore has seen around 20, 30 more targets, but they're not that far off. Just that DJ Moore is actually capable of getting separation and making these passes catchable. So I'm trusting DJ Moore. I think I have to. Because the Bucks and Panthers are both top four teams in total plays run this season. So I'm starting DJ Moore, but I don't really trust anyone else. Like Amir Abdullah kind of has some PPR deep 14-team league flex appeal. Besides that, I'm not trusting anyone else. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard is a very, very low ceiling, and this is like the most difficult matchup we could get against Tampa Bay. Basically, Tampa Bay just absolutely locks down opposing running backs. So um, they've been a little bit more uh, nice to opposing running backs through the air. Like they're fourth in points over average, actually, um, to receiving backs. But that's because the Bucks have been making large. Um, large leads and then they have to come back passes to the running back things of that sort so i'll just yeah i don't know man i don't want to trust any carolina panthers in the semis of that offense that could possibly put up zero points and you wouldn't be shocked 
Thank you, Michael, for uh, repeating exactly what Jason said. Anytime, brother. The only thing, though, uh, am I a little crazy? Rojo. I don't know if I'm sold, Joe. Yo, I, I was I was about to tell you that you're that I, I love Rojo in this game. I get it. I get why you guys are going to love Rojo. I get why he's a top play. I think he should be started if you have him. However, no team in the league runs the ball less than the Bucks. Doesn't matter. They run the ball 33% of the time, and it does matter because Leonard Fournette was seeing eight targets a game. And don't mm. you fucking dare tell me that Ronald Jones is going to see eight targets. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. You got me. You win. You win. So that's my that's my uh, concern with Rojo. The Bucks haven't been as good against the run as as of late. And I know, Jason, you mentioned it's because they've been giving up a lot of pass catching to the running back. Um but it doesn't matter what the Bucs did because the Bucs aren't playing against Rojo. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Buccaneers' defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, somebody shoot me in the face. Um, the Panthers, somebody though. Somebody suck me. <laughs> great show. Great show. That's from the Dave, Panthers, though. For people I don't know, have you're been, saying great show, and Jason's yelling, somebody suck me, and then you're just moving on without any context. I mean, if you don't watch Dave, watch Dave. All right? That's oh, it. Yeah, I'm That's Dave. I'm say about that. Who's Dave? Okay, and then you say that without any context. All right. Bears at the without Seahawks. Context. Is... We just discussed Shut the show. Up. Shut up. Shut learn, up. Learn what the word context means, you idiot. I think it's time for us to Shut scat up. again. Skip it. Shut up. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks play the Bears. Oh, yes, they do. Do you think DK Metcalf will have a good game for you, too? Oh, yeah. Decaf or no? I'm done now. I don't get it. Decaf or no? Is decaf another way of saying yes? Decaf or no? Like decaf? Like is he gonna be decaf uh, or is he gonna be DK Metcalf or is he gonna be the decaf version of DK Metcalf? The water down. Is he gonna decaf. be caffeinated or decaffeinated? Exactly. You get it, Jason. From the my freestyle game. Drinker. My freestyle game is is ridiculous. I call me DNA. <laughs> Another odd reference that no one's gonna get, but except I guess Matt. Except I, Matt. Shout out to Matt. Here's my thing, my brothers. At the end of the day, DK Metcalf super disappointing. Russell Wilson has not been good as good as always. Guys, he's still tenth in true target value, and that's the thing with DK Metcalf. Any fucking day he can just go off. And let's not let this one game against the Vikings fool you, because remember what I said last week. The Bears have been one of the worst teams against the pass, especially the deep ball. I know I said I'd start someone over DK Metcalf last episode or whatever, but it was a good player, if I remember correctly. I'm still starting DK Metcalf as a wide receiver, too. Two? Two, three? I think you need to wide receiver three flex at this point. Like, what needs to be done for DK Metcalf to have a big game? He just saw 12 targets. Russell Wilson could just cannot connect with the damn guy. He has not put up double-digit points since before the bye. Like, it's been the same amount of weeks. I mean, I have him at wide receiver 29. You can't tell me there's 30 All right, people you'd rather start over DK Metcalf. 29 is a wide receiver 3, though. You just said you trust him as a wide yeah. receiver 2. 2-3. Two, Michael's, Michael's, talking, Michael's talking facts, Jason. Yeah. Because I win. Matt, Mike Williams or DK Metcalf? You already asked us this. I know, but I need you to say it again. Mike Williams. It's a very important matchup Mike for Will me. I'm very, I'm, very, I'm very nervous. What league? It's a very important matchup for me. Very, very important. All right. Um, what about Rashad Penny? Got hurt again. This guy, it's, yeah. it's the same old story with him, it seems like. Every time he's healthy, he fucking kills it. And then he gets hurt, oh and he has to miss time. Goodness he gracious! Good game I, in his life. Got the you are just no, he has not. So Bro, bad. Last time out. he We're went done. down, he was averaging over five and a half yards a game. That carry. was like he three fucking up. years ago. He and he was still playing it. well when he. This guy's been what? living off of twenty carries with a five-yard average for three years now. Does that not match my statement of if he plays, he plays well? Does that not match the that? The reason I told patrons that they should pick up Rashad Penny was not for last week where he shit the bed. It was not for this week. It's for week 17 against Detroit. That's where Rashad Penny has league winning potential. He's a possible RB2-3 play this week. But he's by no means a must start. By zero means. By the means of Ronald nil. 
Are you playing Ronald Jones uh, against him? Easily, obviously. Easily. Or, yeah. Okay, are you the face, Tim? <laughs> uh, what about the guy in the in this backfield, David Montgomery? Yes. Come on, man. What are you saying? Josh Jacobs. Yes. yes. Where the fuck do you why have guys, a shot? Why are you guys right? talking with one? that? Where you guys talking? I'm not having him as a, as a low R. I have him at RB22. I'm starting Jeff Wilson over him, Sony Michelle, CEH. Well, you know how I feel about Sony Michelle. Um, let's go over to the other side on the Bears because the Seahawks defense has been a kind defense. Uh, you can, you can chop it up, whatever you like. Everyone except wide receivers are absolutely murdering the Seahawks, including tight ends, which is why you guys had Cole Komet so high, um, and running backs. I think David Montgomery is a phenomenal play in this game. How are you guys feeling about, uh, the David Montgomery Cole Komet one, two punch? Oh my Breaking news, Leonard Fournette on IR out the rest oh! of the regular season. Well, I thought that was already expected. I mean, IR? Like, it wasn't expected he was going to be out the year. We knew he was out at least this week. Well, he's out for the next three weeks. and Well, the fourth week is week 18 and then the playoffs. That was that was definitely not expected. 100% not expected. Damn. I, Yo, I, I have Ronald Jones in, in two dynasty leagues that I'm very happy about. Very happy that I held on to Ronald Jones. Anyway, um, tight end, running back, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, Michael, go. Yes, these are a tremendous matchup for both of them. The Seahawks are second in points over average to opposing running backs, first for opposing tight ends. But we've seen, like, repeatedly Seahawks games just get uglier and uglier because they run, like, 12 plays per half. It's an absolute joke the way that offense operates which always hinders the opposing side a bit because you can't put up big numbers if you're not getting on the field as much. So that does scare me a little bit. Um, if the Seahawks are just going to waste five minutes on seven play drives every time they get on the damn field, that joke of an offense. And oh, they're giving up 30 points a game to running backs and 14 points a game to tight ends, and it's not like no, David yeah, Montgomery is sharing the backfield. I, I know, I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like Obviously, you're starting David Montgomery. He's been a worse since the bye week. Um only one game over 12 half PPR fantasy points, but it hasn't been the most kind schedule. Um, and he is still getting involved in the passing game, which you love to see. I mean, he's coming off of six targets, seven targets, nine targets over the last three weeks, which is glorious from a uh, from a backfield perspective. And then, yeah, Cole Komet's one of my favorite streamers of the week. Um, Seattle has jumped Indy as the worst team in the league against opposing tight ends and defensive points allowed over average. And Cole Komet is coming off of nine targets, five targets, seven targets, 11 targets. So he's been a big part of that offense of late as well. Um, I don't think there's huge upside, but I mean, I liked Gerald Everett last week because of injuries and stuff, and he uh, he went four for 60. If Cole Komet gives you four for 60, you're probably pretty happy about it because that's that's what it's like when you're streaming tight ends. Like, I'm not, Cole Komet might not find the end zone because he hasn't, and because Justin Fields has not been great this season. But he should at least catch five or so passes, 50-plus yards, I think, and get you at least seven, seven-and-a-half fantasy points. And with the tight end in the landscape the way it is, that might uh, that might be good enough. I'm done playing games with Bears receivers at this point. Yeah, I hear you, but, I mean, Darnell Mooney, um, the Mooney line, he's been very up and down. He finally had a uh, mid-type game after three huge games and two really down games. He put up 9.1 against Minnesota on seven targets, but that was the um, one of the best matchups you could have. Seattle, on the other hand, is is not. They're 28th in points over average to opposing wide receivers. And, um, like, it's not like Darnell Mooney is Cooper Cup or anything like that. So I'm a little weary of it, but I do think at least he still has some wide receiver three appeal. But, yeah, certainly not, like, super confident. I'm not, like, pounding the table for Darnell Mooney by any means. All right, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game, or can we move on? Tim, we could always move on. We could do Let's whatever to, you'd like. We can shut sing up. a song. Let's go to an AFC matchup. That's Look, both of these teams are not going to win the Super Bowl. Both of them are in the playoff race. The Broncos at the Raiders. Somehow the Raiders are still in the playoff race. Don't ask me how. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Tim, the Broncos man. are also. Tim. What? Why do you keep calling them the Raiders? They're the... <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I'm playing Cass in the Broto Riders Bowl, and his and his team name is the Rattlers. So I'm right, actually right, playing yeah. the Rattlers this week. Um, you stopped me there, like I was making like a huge mistake. You were on a roll. Like, you really stop me now. You guys wait for me to get on a nice roll, and then you go. But when it, when I'm it's like more struggling fun with names, you just you just sit there and you watch me, and then you say, "It's call me an idiot." It's more fun um, that way. Broncos at facts. Raiders. This is basically a perfect game if you're a Broncos supporter. Um, the Raiders give up hardly anything to wide receivers. They're the 26th best matchup. They have they give up almost 10% less points per over average to wide receivers, but they give up a ton of points to running backs. They are the fourth best matchup for running backs. They give up 29.3% over average to running backs. You have two running backs in this backfield who can both play. I like Javante. I like Melvin Gordon. I like Melvin Gordon slightly over Javante. I don't know why, why, why people keep putting Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon. Like, yo, it's it's the semifinals. The takeover is not happening. They're splitting the backfield. Get over it. I mean, you could still um, rank Williams higher. I just, I think your nah. point is, I, no, I see can't. your point that it's not like, a clear distinction like Javante Williams ECR expert consensus right now is running back 11 which is like what the what and Melvin Gordon's like 17 or something like that so I have them both the close to each other but I agree that they're both plays and for that reason because their offense runs entirely through them the receivers can suck it yeah they've they've been they've been sucking it and such a quarterback probably so that's another thing yeah, I mean, there's a chance Drew Locke being in means they pass a little bit more and they actually throw the ball more than three yards. But is that three-yard pass going to go to Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fan, Albert O? Who knows? There's not enough I, to go around. There's not enough goodness. I don't, I'm not starting any of them. It's a good matchup for tight ends. If you have to start Noah Fan, he's not the worst start. Um, but the problem is Albert O. Like it seems as though no fan is really good, but then Albert Alberto gets on the field and it's a problem. And we've mentioned on this on this podcast before, backup quarterbacks tend to look to their tight ends more because they're the safety valve and they're not used to the speed of the game and they're not as good as a starter, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think there is something said about maybe if you're banking on a tight end touchdown that no fan has a chance at it this week. But then again, Albert O has it just an equivalent of a chance. So we are talking about some of the lowest ceiling players in all the land. Yeah, but that's what you're talking about when you're talking about tight ends anyway. Um, like I'd, I'd roll the- with Komet over Fant, for instance. I agree. I agree with that. Um, let's go over to the Raiders' side. And yeah! the, the Broncos, on the other hand, their defense has been playing phenomenal ever since they got rid of... It, it seems like they got rid of Von Miller and they, they've gotten better. Um, Von Miller hasn't really made that huge of an impact on the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. I could be I could be wrong about that. I don't watch defense so so closely, but doesn't seem like he's made a huge de- uh, impact on that defense. I, I don't watch. I should say I don't watch defensive players' individual stats very closely. I watch defenses very closely, obviously. Um, but yeah, how are you feeling about this Raiders attack? Which is, you know, you never know what you're gonna get. No Darren Waller. No Henry Ruggs. These are guys who are supposed to play big roles to start the season. Uh, no Kenyon Drake. So what's going on? I, Anyone? So Jason opened his mouth. No, just, I thought Michael opened his mouth, and then we just looked at each other, and it was no. I looked at Jason. Silence. His mouth was partially open, and it looked like he was struggling to speak. I was very confused. All right, <laughs> I'll just go when it comes to the. I see people getting a little crazy about the stud Hunter Renfro. Like, some people just never get respect. And if one down game is going to scare you away from Hunter Renfro, then you don't deserve everything he's done for you this year. He might be a small white guy, but Hunter Renfro is sixth in the league in red zone targets for wide receivers. Close to Jason's heart. He is the red zone receiver for the Raiders. People always overrate size in the red zone when route running is really the key of getting open. Ask Albert Thielen. Albert Thielen. (laughs) Ask Adam Thielen as well. So I'm starting um, Renfro happily. Please start him. Don't get crazy. Especially in PPR leagues. And Josh Jacobs as well. Locked Um, and loaded PPR wide receiver three, baby. Josh Jacobs continues to see at least four targets a game. Gets work on the ground. I mean, why Why would you go away from Josh Jacobs at this point? He's been a rock-solid RB2. And Darren Waller I, did not practice again. Seems like you could just rule him out for Week 16 already. 
upsetting. I would just say manage expectations for these guys, man, including Hunter Renfro. Uh, the Denver's 11th He's best. their whole offense. Maybe don't trust Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, and Foster Moreau, but Renfro and Jacobs are the whole offense. I will say this, though. In Vic Fangio's entire career, he's always had a great slot corner, and that doesn't change this year. Like They've, they've really handled the slot well. So, I mean, Hunter Renfro is a different animal, but you should know how good the Broncos' defense is. They're the 30th best matchups for QBs, the 30th best matchup for running backs, the 32nd dead last batch, matchup for tight ends, and the 25th best matchup for wide receiver. They're giving up between 7% and 50% less points over average across these positions. This has been a very, very good defense against an offense that's not dynamic at all. I think it's it's Hunter Renfro, and you're starting him, especially in PPR, and it's and it's Josh Jacobs because he's going to get the work. Besides that, don't don't play hero ball and like chase Brian Edwards touchdown from last week or anything like that, or or like start Deshaun Jackson or some stupid shit. Like, don't do that. Just just putting that out there. Correct. Let's go over to the next game: Steelers at the Chiefs. The Steelers at Chiefs used to be a nice, uh, a much nicer matchup than it is right now. Man, remember last week when I was like. I think Chase Claypool is going to have a good game unless he's uh, unless he's disciplined. It seemed as though he was disciplined. Um, the rare zero catch, twelve yard line for Chase Claypool. Jason, did you watch the game? Like besides just like the reds, the the red zone stuff. I think so. Do you know how he got it? Do you know how he got the one reception? You could have missed it. No, zero receptions, but 12 zero receptions yards. for 12 yards. Michael was stumped when I asked him this. Oh, it was a lateral lateral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at you, Jason. You're very smart. I do it. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> um, I don't know how to feel about him in this game where the Chiefs defense has been phenomenal over the past six weeks. I don't know how to feel about anybody in this game. For the Steelers side, except, I mean, I'm running Najee Harris out there because he's going to get work. But you, you've you now seen Najee Harris get game scripted out of two of the last three games. So it's like, okay, he's not the same guy. Najee Harris putting a stinker is the reason why my Scott Fishbowl team is not in the playoffs still. Very sour about that. These Steelers, man, they worry me in this game. How do you feel? The Steelers should worry you every week because of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I told Jason... When we were preparing last week for the episode, bro, Deontay Johnson's a top five wide receiver, and I want to punch everyone in the face because of it in expert rankings. Because what the fuck has Deontay Johnson done to just be like, yeah, top five wide receiver, just because he doesn't end outside the top 40 because he catches so many damn balls doesn't mean he's just a locked and loaded top five receiver. Like, people blow my mind. Like, not with Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the damn ball. Real quick, I'm cutting you off this time. Lamar Jackson did not practice today. Breaking news. So, so, I mean, look, yeah, you start Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver, too, because that's what he is, and he gets the lion's share of the work. But like I've been saying the entire season, Chase Claypool is a risky wide receiver four, and the KC defense has been tremendous over the last several weeks. So I'm not really chasing Chase Claypool either. I think he's a low, he's a high ceiling, low floor type of guy he's like a, at this point jason was comparing people last episode to mvs he's like a mvs like maybe you could get a big breakout game but you could also get a bad game of three four five points so i mean i'm not like happily playing chase claypool by any means and then you have Najee harris who's just a volume dependent he's basically the pittsburgh version of joe mixon the guy's gonna get a million touches and you better hope you find the end zone because he's going to be super-duper inefficient otherwise. 249 rush attempts for 891 rushing yards and 80 targets for 405 passing yards is absolutely disgusting. This guy has 329 total rush attempts and targets on the season. And he, like, and he's still having bad games. Like, when he's getting that many damn touches. And he's not, like, a no-brainer top three running back option. Imagine any of the top-tier running backs getting that type of work on a weekly basis. They'd be having, like, Christian McCaffrey-type level seasons that we saw years ago. So, like, you play him just because of pure volume. But Najee Harris, like, I'm not... Obviously, I'm not saying his his this is how he's going to be his whole career. He has time to turn it around and maybe if they get a better quarterback or a better offensive line, but his rushing yards over expected is super trash. Like he has work to do. Yeah. 
That's for sure. Um, let's go over to the Steelers. Unless you guys want to talk about Chiefs, somebody else. The Chiefs the side, you mean? Let's talk about the Chiefs, the Chiefs side. Chiefs, don't look now. Team's getting hot. And they're playing good. It's getting ball hot, in December. hot, hot. Uh, I think, you know, you fire. Right now, it's it's it's... You're usually like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who to play in the Chiefs. This is great. We haven't really broken down the Chiefs in like two years. But this week, Tyreek Hill on the COVID list. Travis Kelsey on the COVID list. Oh, shit. What do you do now is the question because you have a, a quarterback who's going to get the ball to outside receivers. Is this finally... Speaking of no. Joe Mixon's fathers, it seems like Joe Mixon's Don't fathers also have a baby mama of McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman. His name is an acronym. Fucking you know what Nicole. it stands for? Super trash. Me ever can. Oh, my gosh. Please only stop. Please don't finish this. Last <laughs> ever. Because he only ever lasts ever. You know what I mean? You missed <laughs> L and E. You just stopped at Miko. Yeah, I decided I'm going to try to make an acronym out of it. In out of thin air, he never on. lasts ever. So you had to cut off his name because it doesn't end. JC, he doesn't need, last. You need some freestyling courses, bro. Uh, you know I don't. <laughs> but you, I know you do. What? I'm you, a good freestyler, bro. No, for you're a good freestyler for about 25 seconds, and then your stamina just decreases and you fall <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> nah, you're bugging. Don't always. Uh, I, I judge. I present. I present. Article number one, not article. Uh, what's it called? Uh, evidence thing number one. Exhibit. Exhibit number one. Every single night you guys you guys sing Sunday Night Football, including this one coming up. Because I always expect Michael to hop in. It's supposed to be a joint effort. He never does. You go. You just keep going. Fuck off. <laughs> and, and then he just like, it's good. Now and I have to falls, have a dope Sunday straight Night off a, Football song after he this. He falls Fine, straight off a cliff. Straight off a cliff. And doesn't even finish the song ever. Watch me free in five seconds. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> the, the, the goal of this conversation was never McCall Hardman. I'm sorry. I don't care who's out, who's in. First of all, both those guys tested positive for COVID early. So they, they tested positive for COVID. Yeah, but, oh, I don't know. They were on the COVID list early. But they're both vaccinated, so they both can come off it. I expect them both to come back just because the NFL's making it very easy to bring people I don't back. know, man. Johnny just is just beat COVID and his and his and his uh girl. They live together. He just beat COVID. He's vaccinated, fully vaccinated. He's a young guy, he's in good shape. Health science is his uh thing. And he had a rough time for five days. Like if you asked him to play a football game tomorrow, he'd probably he's not a professional, but he'd he'd be, you know, probably no. I mean, we'll see, man. Whatever. But every time the Chiefs have needed someone to step up. It's never been McCole Hardman. It's been Demarcus Robinson. Literally always. And I expect CEH to have a role. I expect Darrell Williams to have a role. Both those guys have caught some passes this year. I'd prefer Demarcus Robinson to McCole Hardman. But we've also seen the Steelers, I mean the Chiefs, not have a super great offense at times this year. So it's tough to know exactly who to trust going into this game without knowing who exactly is healthy. But I don't see a scenario where I'm starting Nicole Hardman. Yeah, me neither. I feel like Demarcus Robinson and Brian Pringle are better options. Hardman is falling. Oh, I mean, Pringle too. Pringle's always order. been better than Hardman too. Hardman just sucks. Keep a. We'll keep you in the loop. He or, doesn't even look fast when he plays. I mean, yeah, he does. Nah, he <laughs> ran a fast forty one time, and that's all he lives off of. Relax. He was a very good player at Georgia. Um. The running backs, I think, are the are the sexiest options here. I think there's room because there's not, um, there's not that that situation. And I, is that the heat on right now? I hear it in the background. The heat's kicking. Just a little slamming. Bit now. He's kicking. Sorry about that. If you if you hear bump 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 in the background, uh, that's the heat in this very old building. Um, where was I? Ceh and Daryl Williams are probably both great plays in my opinion. Great guess plays is a stretch. Daryl Williams has. I mean, some the Steelers appeal. have been absolutely shell shocked by running backs lately. Yes, but Daryl Williams has some flex appeal, but he's likely going to have around eight to ten touches. So to call him a great play is is bugging out. I don't. I think that he has a. Uh, I think he could catch eight passes in this game eight in passes. particular. Yeah. He, what else are they going to throw to? They're going to throw to Pringle and Josh Gordon. And McCole Hardman. Demarcus Robinson. I feel like DeMarcus is going to play. 
We'll see. Yeah, but this is these are feelings, you know. If, they, if those guys don't play, Daryl Henderson's gonna get work. We'll see. Whether you like it or not, kid. We'll see. We have no idea right now. This is definitely a situation to monitor. The keep follow us at Broto Fantasy for the Chiefs news, especially because this is this is gonna be a completely different game if Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey plays. Let's go over to the Washington at the Cowboys. Go ahead and do your great freestyle, Jason. Go. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. Sunday night football on MSG. Washington and Cowboys are the best on TV. The team with no name. The quarterback and running back with. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> fucking choked under pressure. I was you looking the... at Michael and he was just looking at me with so much hope you, in his eyes. You are I the choked. James. You are the James Harden of freestyling. It's not true. Yeah, you can get to the line every once in a while, but you choke in the playoffs, kid. Just nah. I don't really true. want to start Zeke. Zeke is going to be trash. That's why. Trash, I tell you. You don't want to start Zeke? Zeke has been an absolutely atrocious football player for several weeks in a row now. Guys, do you know who's more atrocious than Zeke? The Washington defense. Ezekiel Elliott has as many RB1 games this year, including last week, as Joe Mixon, James Conner, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara. They all missed. Well, Mixon didn't miss games, but the rest of them did. Mixon just sucks. <laughs> kind of like Zeke, Michael? Yes, Zeke is going to play. I like Zeke oh, man. and Zeke's I like Tony Pollard. top Paul 20 running back every week except for two since week nine. It's, so that's like you five know, out of the last seven. It's just that he's not being Zeke, and you could tell. He's less explosive, and he's going he's to be the number one running back overall like he could be. No, he's not going to be that, but he's going to be a solid RB2, possible RB1, and he, you're going to be – I don't know if you're going to be super happy you played him, but he's not going to kill your team. And I think Tony Pollard is, is right up that alley, too. I think you can play Tony Pollard. I'm not playing Tony Pollard. And Washington it's is 31st. My... I don't understand that shit. In points over average to opposing running backs rushing. What so, are you talking about? Oh, rushing. Gotcha. So I'm not, I don't know. I think Zeke is going to be a touchdown dependent option this week. I don't understand the obsession with starting Tony Pollard. I mean, he scored 10 points last week. Yeah, he's been good, but he's also dealing with plantar fascia and he's a backup running back. On an offense He's, with so many weapons. Like, what's the upside? 10 calling points? Him a, calling him a backup running back is a tad disingenuous. His upside's 10 points, man. But that's his floor, too. Fine. Do you want 10 points, or are you going to take a chance? Someone with a higher floor, like Daryl Williams, for example. It depends on my team. Like, if I need a, if I need a shot at 10 points in my flex, I'm putting Tony Pollard in there. And if, if I just if I have a strong team and I just need someone to... Like, if I have a... A boomer bust option. If I'm starting a, you know, Ronald Jones or the, someone I'm not, I'm not super confident about because I haven't seen him play yet. Like that's the kind of guy I want to, I want to start on the opposite of that. All right, I have because a question he's then. Gonna get yeah, because I think this is obvious. Where are we? Are you starting Jarrett Patterson over him if Antonio Gibson can't go? Over Zeke, obviously, right? No, over no, Pollard. Pollard. Over Pollard. Yeah, I'd go Pollard. I would Antonio say. Gibson hasn't practiced, and Ron Rivera said it's similar to, like, turf toe or some shit. Which yeah, is it's his toe now, which is... Turf toe's not This good. is what happens when you play with an injury. You injure more things. You compensate. I will say this, though. Jonathan Williams had the touchdown last time Antonio Gibson was out. It was Jonathan Williams on the goal line. Yeah, but... So, I don't, I don't know if I could, if I could just... Say okay, Jared Patterson, you go in, and that's it. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be a little bit of Jonathan Williams mixed in. I think there's going to be a little Wendell Smallwood mixed in, like there, like it was last time. Uh, Antonio Gibson and and JD McKissick both missed the game. So I'm not, I'm not trusting them. So maybe, yeah, I, I probably over, would play Pollard over uh, Jared Patterson. No, I'm not starting. Over I mean, I'm not. Let me don't don't quote me on that one. But I mean, I'm not going to bet the on the sentiment it. of Jared right. Patterson's not a must start. Right. Exactly. Maybe I would start him over Tony Pollard if I needed to. Tyler Henneke is also active, so that's good news for Washington. Is he? He's back? He's he's activated off the COVID list. There's no reason to think he won't be back. Oh, I didn't even realize he got activated. Oh, yes, That was did. earlier today. Yep. This morning. Yeah. Nice. Does that make does that make uh, Terry McLaurin viable? I mean, Terry McLaurin. He's been a bust. Yeah, he has not been great by any means. And not be great is kind of putting it... Uh, Kindly, he's basically been the DK Metcalf this 
in the uh, in the NFC East. Besides that one big game against Carolina, um, single digit performances, even a donut against Dallas where he left early with injury. But I mean, people started him, so that's now four straight games of less than eight half PPR fantasy points. Good matchup here against Dallas. Could be a positive game script if Dallas takes an early lead. Trevon Diggs and company. Trevon Diggs is a ball hawk, but he does allow receivers to catch passes on him as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he's like he's a wide receiver three at this point, but I would I'd find it hard to believe that Terry McLaurin would be on your bench. Like I don't know who, what teams people are working with, but he seems like he's going to be a starter for most play, most managers that have him. All right, all right, here we go. Uh, Terry McLaurin or Van Jefferson? Van, easily. Yeah, Van. Terry McLaurin or Chase Claypool? McLaurin. McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin or Javante Williams? Javante. Javante. Ronald Jones? Rojo. Rojo. Uh, Chase Chase Reynolds. Craig Reynolds. (laughs) Not Craig Reynolds. Terry. Craig Reynolds probably not even going to play anymore. All right. Sounds good to me. Let's go over to the Cowboy side. Michael, you were talking shit I'm about CeeDee Lamb. Cowboy. I'm a steel house. I wasn't talking I shit about really, CeeDee Lamb. I was talking shit about the fact that people are still ranking him as a top 10 receiver. Including your brother. It's silly. Well, I have him at the, I have him at 12, so not top 10. But I have him as a wide receiver. One is a good matchup. Like, I don't see why you're... Because look at CeeDee Lamb's game log. Like, just look at it and tell me, yep, this is a guy who should be perennially ranked I weekly. mean, I think the point is the upside. Like, unless you're looking at Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams, who's going to be a top 10 receiver every week? I mean, I hear you, but CeeDee Lamb has been a top 10 receiver two times the entire season. He's wide receiver 13 on the season, despite Amari Cooper missing a bunch of games, Michael Gallup missing games. Like, he's been good, don't get me wrong, but he has four total um ending weeks wide receiver 50 or worse three as a wide receiver one like he's been up and down generally he's been pretty mediocre this season like you play him because he's a very good player as a wide receiver two and it's a great matchup against Washington even though Washington's defense has been turning up of late and he's been getting a ton of targets like maybe he does have that breakout game and he makes me look stupid but with the way this offense has been operating and like it's not like their past game has been working at a crazy pace over the last several weeks. Like, CD Lamb, I'm playing him as a wide receiver, too, but I'm not trusting him. I'm, I'm not, like, hyped if I have CD Lamb. Like, yeah, this is my wide receiver one. It's fine. Yeah, what about Amari Cooper, that fucking scrub? I'd play Amari Cooper, too, as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. I know he just had a, a rough game this past week, and he's had some rough games this season, but he had a nice week against Washington a couple weeks back, five for 51 and a touchdown. The Giants game, there was a lot of game script that went into that, too. I expect this to be a more hard-fought game here against Washington, so I think uh, Amari Cooper should likely be in your lineup. It's more as a wide receiver three now, though, than anything, because he has been pretty upsetting. Dalton Schultz is pissing me off. He's not worth a play. I th- like. I, I mean, Dalton Schultz just had that. a tremendous every, yeah, game. Every yeah. time I'm ready to throw in the towel, he has a good game. Every time you think his role is diminished, it picks back up again. Literally, listen to his targets since the bye week. Ready? Seven, down to five, down to two. Throw in the towel, maybe? Up to eight. Seven, down to five, down to three. Throw in the towel, maybe? Up to eight. It just keeps making bell curves, this Dalton. So, based on this super mathematical process... He should see between five and seven targets this week from Dak Prescott, which makes him a stream-worthy tight end. I mean, I, you're not going to find someone better on the waiver wire. I'm still throwing him out there. Just he's he's so up and down, it's it's annoying. Jared Cook or Dalton Schultz? Schultz. I don't know. I'd probably start, De- I'd probably start Cook. You guys are forgetting that this is um, the week of... Uh, the holidays, and what's the guy? The name of the guy who made um, peanuts, Snoopy, something Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. So by default, Dalton Schultz is a good play. You don't even know the guy's name. It's in the your, Schultz your... process. I knew his last name was Schultz. I forgot his first name. 
You knew that because definitely was like on like New Girl or something. No, what man. are you talking about? There's Everyone fucking signatures knows. everywhere on Snoopy shit. Yeah, Tim, I'm about to punch you in the face again. Yo, I'm uh, I just finished watching season one of Ted Lasso. I'm impressed. It's a good show. Oh, it's a great show. Jason Sudeikis is about the the most perfect actor for that role. And it's not Schultz. It's Schultz, by the way. Charles Schultz. There there you go. Not even Schultz. Charlie, my boy. Don't change. Don't change. Don't change that by talking about Mr. Bill Charles. All right, let's go over to the next one. Uh, Dolphins at the Saints. That's our last game. It's Monday night. Monday night football on uh, on whatever channel it's on. Uh, Dolphins at the Saints. This game is gonna suck. Because uh, Taysom Hill is out with COVID, which means Ian Book, I think he's 5'10", if I'm not mistaken. Let me let me check that out. But Ian Book is going to start at quarterback, the rookie at a Notre Dame, on a team that's lousy. How are we, how we feeling about this? Awful. Awful. I mean, he was a... Star Kamara and no one else. He was a fourth round... Six foot. Rookie. Six foot. Who apparently was trash in college too? I don't know much about Ian Book. I feel like he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he's running more of a Taysom Hill offense than a Trevor Simeon one. He averaged 500 rushing yards over his last two college seasons. Huh. Interesting. He's kind maybe of a, a, maybe a shady DFS play. He's kind of a nobody with some legs. Mm. The shadiest of DFS plays, but the Dolphins' defense has improved recently too. There's a reason why they're on a seven-game winning streak. Well, the reason why they're improving it's is mad because funny, they're, guys. The Patriots they're blitzing like crazy. Go on a winning streak, and everyone's crowning Mac Jones as the next Tom Brady. The Dolphins do it, and no one says a word. <laughs> nothing about Tua, nothing about the Dolphins. Everyone's talking about the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. It's fucking hilarious. Anyway. Well, the Dolphins are doing it with because they got their corners back, bro. Like their, their entire defense is on their corners. Their corners were missing, and their defense got sucked. And then their corners came back, and now their defense is good. It's because they... they they blitz fucking eight guys per down because they have such good cover corners. Yeah. It's a it's a very good equation. And especially when you're playing a, a team like the Saints, they don't have the the, uh, the weapons or the wherewithal a quarterback to to stop that. So I, the Dolphins are probably going to continue their streak. And also you need to consider. This is a game where the Saints from the second least plays in the league, and that's because they have the second highest run percentage in the league. Right. Second or to who Philly? The highest run percentage it was not Philly. Hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head. Right, that's cool. But this is a Camara and no one else type situation. What about on the other side, the Dolphins? What do you do with their their backfield? Because is it Duke Johnson? Is it Miles Gaskin? And th- this is what this is more of the situation that I'm talking about earlier, where everyone's just assuming Daryl Henderson is the guy. But then, why isn't why isn't everyone assuming Duke Johnson's the guy instead of Miles My- Gaskin? Because the exact same thing happened in both games, with Miles Gaskin being Daryl Henderson and Duke Johnson being Sony Michelle. I'm like, not it's, assuming it's the, either's the guy. And I don't, I don't know if you want to play either, either of these guys, right? You don't want to play either of these guys. But what, that's what I'm saying. Like Duke Johnson could be an afterthought quickly, very yeah. quickly. I mean, this is the thing I don't like about like some people legit say like matchups don't matter. Yeah, they do. Maybe not as importantly as people think. Like, I do think it gets muddled in the middle. And that's why we don't really talk about when teams are 15th in a category. Yeah, I mean, last week... Because it doesn't really matter. Last week, someone on Twitter asked me and someone else in the fantasy space a question of Fournette and Gaskin. And the other person that I said Gaskin. And I was like, you need to reconsider your life. So, like, (laughs) matchups play a role, but typically on the outliers and that's why we highlight those outliers and the Jets are a motherfucking outlier and the Saints are an outlier on the other side so don't give me this shit where Duke Johnson's gonna win people leagues I'm not I'm not touching a Dolphins running back in this game yeah me neither I'm starting Jalen Waddell Devontae Parker maybe Mike Gesicki he's really turned down a bit it's gonna be a passing game Tua has some streaming appeal too but I like Waddell and Parker the most here as wide receiver two and three, respectively. Devonta Parker just keeps playing solid football whenever he's on the field, and he's healthy again. And I've so. been saying Jalen Waddle's more than just targets. He's 15th in the league in true target value. He's getting valuable targets. He's doing stuff with them. I think Jalen Waddle's a great play this week. He's been – you play – it's been a long time where if Jalen Waddle's on the field, you play him. 
comfortably as a wide receiver too. And you, you shouldn't really question that anymore. Agreed. What do you think about Tua against a, a hard Saints team? Tua. Tua I could think be. There's some stream appeal. My issue is if the other side's going to score, or if the other side's going to kill the entire clock. I expect this to be a typical Tua game. Um, and exa- it's exactly what I predicted last week. I said Tua is a good streamer against the Jets, but for safety, because he's going to end somewhere between quarterback 10 and 14. And he ended as quarterback 12. And that's where Tua has been settling in recently, between quarterback 10 and 14. Maybe push it to 16. So he's going to end somewhere in there. I think it's another game where he's going to end as a quarterback back-end QB1 type option. But you're not starting him for upside. You're starting him for safety. The Saints, the Saints have been good against the tight end, but they've been susceptible to the to the wide receiver. Any interest in starting Mike Kosicki, who last week had an op- opportunity and blew it, or he's been slacking, Parker, who last week had an opportunity and has and was great. I'm definitely playing Parker as a wide receiver three or flex play. That's what he's been the entire season when healthy. But Kosicki, on the other hand, yeah, he's been a uh, he's been really struggling of late. He's Kind of lost that must-start tight end one status. But, again, it really depends on who's on your wire, um, if you're going to sit Mike Kosicki or not. Perks of being a patron. Discord and such. Fact, duty, fact, facts. Fact, facts. Um, That's it. We're done. Good luck in the playoffs. Good luck. Bring home a title. We wish everyone well, unless you're playing us. Jason, what's your... Happy holidays, of course. Oh, how could I forget that? Happy holidays yes. and Merry Christmas. And, you know, you'd think the twins would wish me a happy birthday. But also, no. New Year's Eve to. is the... Happy birthday, they skipped, Tim. And they skipped right over and talked about New Year's Eve. Tim's birthday is, wow. uh, is Christmas. Wow. I don't acknowledge when people Christmas. ask me to wish them a happy birthday, right? You wait for Well, it. maybe maybe you wouldn't get so many people asking you to wish them a happy birthday if you weren't a dick. I wish you a Merry Christmas <laughs> It's and Tim's a happy birthday, birthday on Christmas, Tim. the 25th. So when you wish loved ones happy a Merry Christmas, year. wish your loved host a happy birthday as well. It's my Patrick Ewing year, son. How about that? Hey, yo. All right. Good luck. Go ahead. What were you going to say about New Year's now? No, I was going to say, well, we can say Happy New Year on the next pod. I didn't realize. So it was it was a pointless statement just to shut you up about your birthday. You are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You are a pointless human. Yeah. Hey, oh, I think you're talking to you, Jason. I was. And then Jason thought I was talking (laughs) to you. I'm a a pointless human. I agree. (laughs) Jason, where can they find your pointless human thoughts? At BrotoFF Jason. At BrotoFF Mike. I'm not useless. I'm Eustace. (laughs) <laughs> Courage a cowardly dog, baby. At at oh Michael, you're on fire uh, quoting things today. At Brodo Fan <laughs> at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And um no one will ever know what I'm talking about. Later. Later. Later.